The Eric Collins joins us to discuss what makes LaMelo Ball for real, what's the most exciting moment of the Hornets season, and we settle an important show debate all with Eric Collins today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. So thanks to Truebill. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH and you can find our show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Excited to welcome our next guest, somebody you know very well. He's the play-by-play voice behind the excitement and the enthusiasm you hear on every Hornets broadcast. Eric Collins from Valley Sports now joins the pod. Eric, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for making the time. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad this worked out. It's, uh, it's awesome to be doing it after a win as opposed to doing it after a loss. So I'm smiling, beaming from ear to ear right now. <laughs> well, hey, we are too. And look, there's a lot to choose from these days. After the dip in production, they went on a five-game win streak, had what we kind of talked about as the scheduled loss against Atlanta, but they bounced back nicely with a win against Washington. And look, it, we're going to start where I think most people would want to start. It's with LaMelo Ball. You've covered the league, Eric, for a while, and you've seen a lot of superstars is there something about LaMelo's game that tells you the Hornets fans should have confidence that he's the real deal going forward? Well, the numbers speak for themselves. When you think that he's in a small handful of youngest players and he's already so accomplished, you know, he's got two triple doubles on the year. He's got three in his career. He's averaging close to 28 and eight, which is just outstanding. But the things, it's the small things. Like if you stare at that guy for a 48 minute game, he will do multiple things that just most people don't even think to do, don't have the instincts to do, don't have the capability physically to do. And uh, case in point, in the game Monday night in Washington, uh, final moments, one possession game, and he just pokes the ball away and gets the Hornets a free possession and they win the ball game. You know, Montrez Harrell is a guy who is burly and strong and he's got vice grips for hands. And he had a rebound that was the most important rebound of the game. And he had it for a split second because LaMelo had the wherewithal, the thought, the vision, the ability um, to poke the ball away. And that just kept the ball with the Hornets and the Hornets never looked back. And there's small things like that that he does continuously throughout the game that just continues to amaze me. Uh, and that's what's going to separate him. He's got the talent. He's got the length. He's got the bloodlines. He's got everything you'd ever want. But he's got this innate ability to be in the right position to make smart winning plays. And it happens without fail every single game. Well, and Eric, I think you mentioned it being an eight within LaMelo Ball. And I don't think that's the case with Miles Bridges, but we've seen it develop so much so that he's starting to make some of these really smart basketball plays that maybe took a while to cook. But my goodness, he's playing at an all-star level this season. He's been outstanding. What have you seen from Miles' improvement to the point where he's been able to play at the level he is so far? I couldn't be happier for another human being. You know, I've been around for his four years. And the guy came in full of joy and glee and wanted to get better and wanted to be a better person, a better father, a better teammate. And he has worked at all of those things in his life. 
And there's a lot. You know, his his piece of clay is is really good. You know, we're talking six <laughs> six, two hundred thirty pounds. You know, the guy can leap with anyone in the league. He's the most ambidextrous scorer in the league today. Um, he's got the ability to handle the basketball. He wants to get better. He's taken to good coaching. Yeah, you knew that when he stayed an extra year to play for Tom Izzo. You know, he's at Michigan State. He could have been a one and done. He was a ballyhoo guy. You know, someone would have popped him in the first round. And he said, you know what? I like this. I like being coached. Uh, I want to get better. And so he stuck around and spent another year in college. I think that speaks volumes for who he is. And yeah, it's 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 amazing. You can look back at each and every one of his seasons and say, okay, this is when he added the shooting off the bounce to his game. Oh, this is when he added the crossover dribble to his game. Oh, this is when he added the playmaking ability of seeing the floor a little bit better and helping out his teammates. Every single year he has gotten, even for people who aren't playing that close attention, even those people can see that every year he has tried to do something different and gotten better at that. Totally. And it seems like he's the guy that's most vocal on defense, that's organizing this Hornets defense, a Hornets defense that has improved pretty dramatically over the course of the past few weeks, and it's led to some big wins. Is it as simple as this team is buying in more to to what they laid out defensively at the beginning of the year? Or is there something deeper at work here that that's allowed them to play better defensively? That's a great call. I think individually, when you think about the Hornets, most of the guys would be considered to be physically up to the task of being upper tier defenders. You know, Miles Bridges has that body that can allow him to do anything on the floor. Same with LaMelo Ball. Um, I get even Terry Rozier, even though he's undersized, the length of his arms, the tenacity that he plays with makes him a better than average defender. I just think it was early in the year, you know, and there was pieces that were kind of in different spots. Terry wasn't 100% healthy. He was in and out of the lineup. The Hornets were trying to figure out who they could be with P.J. Washington as their center, um, with Jalen McDaniels filling in as the center, trying to incorporate Mason Plumlee, who's a different style center than the Hornets have had in years past. I just think that took a little bit of time to figure out how they wanted to play and, and understand things. And the coaching staff, I think, were, was patient. And maybe they kind of moved things around as well to make sure that everyone was in the right spot. But, yes, it's been night and day. The improvement has been uh, evident every single night. To take the Wizards team, 103 points a couple of days ago, um, lower scoring game than you would expect when the Hornets took down, uh, who was that last week? Uh, before the Atlanta game, the, the Pacer game was right. a lower scoring game than the Pacers like to play. Um, so, yeah, the numbers are starting to bear it out. That the Hornets are getting better. They're no longer in the last two or three teams defensive rating in the NBA. So that's a good thing. Uh, you mentioned P.J. Washington there. He's been out for a while, but it looks like they're starting to upgrade him to doubtful. We might see him soon. Uh, hopefully it feels like the Hornets have really shortened up their rotation in P.J. Washington's absence. What what have you seen that they've missed most not having P.J. out on the floor? Uh, you know what? I, that's one of the things that I do like about this year's team is the depth is totally different than the first six years that I've been with the team. Mm. You know, the Hornets have been able to survive for two weeks with yeah. Jalen McDaniels, you know, at 210 pounds being your center uh, for stretches of the game. Uh, they've been able to survive with Miles Bridges at 6'6", being able to survive as their center. But I just think that when you get a PJ back, who is a good kid, um, who tries, who's an upper tier in terms of talent type of guy, uh, people like playing with him. They feed off of him. He's a weapon. So I don't think we should dismiss, dismiss the fact that, okay, he's gone. The Hornets continue to win. This guy's a key part of the Hornets going forward, and he's only going to add to the value uh, when he gets back in the mix, which hopefully is sooner rather than later.
All right, Eric, I want to get into some of the Thanksgiving comparisons in the next segment, but I do want to talk about some of the broadcasts this year. I notice you've let the moment breathe at times during home games this season, and it's funny, you can't do that last year amidst a pandemic because there aren't any fans that are allowed into the arena. Has it been hard to get back to some fundamentals of broadcasting, or maybe even a better question, was there anything that you've changed permanently because of the way the pandemic affected you last season? Well, the pandemic was... Well, we still are in the pandemic, but the way that we right. broadcast games last year because of the pandemic, I felt an enormous responsibility because literally there was like 17 humans in the building <laughs> uh, when the Hornets were playing at home, you know, who weren't wearing the uniforms. And I knew, you know, what an absolute privilege that I had to be able to continue to watch live NBA basketball. And I knew that there were so many tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people that were out there who would love to be in the building and just had no opportunity to. That was just an enormous kind of thing with me. It's like, okay, Eric, you know, get it right. You know, make sure that, you know, you treat every single game as if it's maybe the only game that someone's going to see all season long. You know, maybe this first quarter is the only moment of the game that they can see um, for an entire week, you know? And so to me, it wasn't always about, you know, building to the fourth quarter and then taking it home. To me, it was, I want every single segment to be the best that we can possibly do. It's the old Joe DiMaggio thing, you know? Yeah. Why do you hustle so much, Joe? Because, you know, this may be the only time that some kid sees me play and I want to make sure that he sees Joe DiMaggio. So that was kind of my, my feeling last year. This year, sometimes it's just me kind of forgetting, you know, the game breathes a little bit more because I just kind of forget. I get wrapped up into the game and I want to hear the crowd. <laughs> to me, that's yeah. the most important thing sometimes. And it's I missed it so much. It's yeah. kind of nice to hear this kind of wave through my headsets. Um, so that's been kind of cool. But, yeah, I, I do think in terms of long term broadcasting. I used to, and I still believe in it, you know, to me, I, I need to know more about every single player than anyone else out there. That's just my job. Uh, and I, I take that seriously and important. It's, it's who I am. But I also kind of step back sometimes from my preparation and say, you know what, this is an awesome game. Let's just react. Let's not try and shoehorn some factoid about some guy that this guy played with in junior high school who is, you know, whatever. Um, so sometimes I have all this stuff that I want to cram into a broadcast because I feel like it's worthy and it's it's interesting and I think it adds to the broadcast. But sometimes I take my foot off the gas nowadays just because the game is so good. You know, these players are so fantastic and the atmosphere has gotten back to what we expect it to be. Well, I think a different team does that, too. They are so fun having LaMelo, having Miles Bridges. That certainly helps with that product as well. I want to get into more of that in the next segment. Eric Collins joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll get into more of that with Eric, but not before I mention Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill instead to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save uh, and it's helped save them over $100 million. It's incredible. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now truebill.com slash locked on nba it could save you thousands a year truebill.com slash locked on nba also i want to talk about built bar look i love thanksgiving all of the good food and treats and there's plenty of them but maybe you want a yummy dessert 
but it's also not so full of calories and sugar. That's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it so you don't have that slice of pie that's worth upwards to like 300 calories. And instead, you can go to Built Bar that's high in protein, high in fiber, and is only 130 calories in most of them. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. I don't know what else you would ask for. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's get Eric Collins' sixth dish of the year nominee and ask him a little about his broadcasting strategy, some more so, coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. All right, Eric, we have a problem here. We need you to help us settle the debate, okay? On your call in Memphis, when Miles Bridges brought it all the way back to Charlotte on the Tomahawk Jam. It was an inter- I called it an interstate jam because he reached all the way back across state <laughs> lines for the basketball. I, it, it was unreal. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So you let out a call that we've played constantly because it's one of our favorites. So we go to it quite a bit. You let out a call that could go one of two ways. We have the clip that Doug can play so everybody can hear it. So, Doug, why don't you set us up? We can then ask Eric our question. Let's hear the call, Doug. All right. Play one more time. Okay. All right. So here's our debate. I contend You were just letting out a big ball of energy, and it was just like some owl that you were putting out there because it was so exciting. It's just a ball of energy. Doug, however, thinks you were asking. I contend, I I think correctly, that you were as amazed as all of the fans witnessing it on television and asking how in the world did he do that? (laughs) All right, so, so we've got owl, or we've got the question, how, like, how did Miles do that? Can you help us end this debate with so much, an unbelievable amount on the line? Uh, Doug, I respect you to the nth degree, um, but Walker, it's, I'm telling you, it was just, a, it came, it, oh. every single person who saw that reacted that way. Some of us just are tight or That's right. tighter than others. And I just had to release this from my body because I'd never seen something that wonderful and vicious at the same time. And so it was basically just an amazement. And it was the, it also was a situation too, where the Hornets had lost five consecutive games. Mm -hmm. The road trip had been a relative disaster. You know, I had been used to spending, you know, the last year with my family and going to volleyball tournaments with my daughters and all this kind of stuff. And now we're just spinning our wheels out West. I'm spending way too much time at a hotel in Sacramento. (laughs) Uh, I just, it was a wasted road trip and it was the final game of the road trip. And everything in our lives with the, the Hornets, with the broadcast, with Hornets fans, everything was going to change. And for some reason, the Hornets at least could get one road win. And at that point, OK, it looked like there was a chance the Hornets are going to get that road win. And everything just released. It was like this cathartic moment. Yes. And so that's really what it was. So I 
Doug, I love you to death, man. But uh, Walker, I think you hit it. That's all right. Love me to death, but hate my wallet. Uh, BetOnline.ag had the line at uh, plus five hundred on Al, and they win. Benefits, baby. Um, So let let me ask you this, Eric: Was that the most exciting play of the year so far for you? Can you? I mean, Terry won the tap in Golden State. That was pretty big. Do you have any others that might contend so far? Uh, That's it. To me, it's yeah. It doesn't need to be a game-winning shot. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's just, I love the unusual. And that to me, even though it was just a dunk, it comes for two points. I didn't expect it, even though it was, you know, miles streaking down the floor and he does these things consistently for four years. That one was just different to me. And it looked like nothing I'd seen maybe since Grant Hill back in whatever the 1991 Ooh, final, four, okay. the final four, you know, when they had to reach back that far. Um, but yes, it was just so uh, it, at that moment, it was what I needed as a, as a human being and a Hornets broadcaster. And so it scratched that itch. Oh, <laughs> uh, it absolutely did. I think it scratched all of our itches and you did it so well, helping us relieve that energy too. So glad about that answer, Eric. All right, let's get to the Thanksgiving questions here. We've been trying to decipher what the Thanksgiving sixth dish of the year is a staple that is always going to help you off the bench, but it can't be Turkey. Even mashed potatoes seems like a big a glue guy. ticket item. Yeah, he's the glue guy. Maybe even the brown gravy. Like, is there a dish at Thanksgiving that you think is the sixth dish of the year coming off of the bench and giving you big time minutes helping you win games? Wow. Well, see, I've been kind of screwed um, by my selection of a wife. Um, I always loved sweet potatoes. Elaborate, it's Eric. Hurry, elaborate. Yeah, please, please, please. I married this girl from the south side of Chicago who doesn't have an appreciation for sweet potatoes, yams, and oh. the entire, entire portion of the potato family. Doesn't respect at all. She's got too much mm. Irish in her, and she just believes that potatoes need to be chalky and white. And ugh. So <laughs> when I was raised with sweet potatoes that had, like, oozing, melting marshmallows on top Ooh. of them, um, mm. you know, maybe a little bit of maple syrup in there, definitely brown sugar. And that to me was basically all I needed. And that's fallen out of the rotation um, in the decades that I've been married to this wonderful woman who doesn't have an appreciation for sweet potatoes. So is that a possibility for a sixth dish, the sweet potato form of either sweet mashed potatoes or mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes with candy yams with not mashed, but mashed sweet potatoes with melted marshmallows? I know it's probably not. Oh man, keep going. Listen, keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Oh my goodness. You are seducing us, Eric Collins. What are you doing? No, I think that's perfect. Uh, it has been my sixth uh, dish of the year for a long time, but I said uh, in uh, on Tuesday's episode that it's been sixth dish of the year so long for me that I felt like out of respect, I had to elevate it into the starting lineup. But I think if you've been missing it for a while, it's absolutely a sixth dish of the year. Oh, we've yeah. got some friends coming in from out of town, and I'm just hoping um, that someone has, because I'm the only person who likes it, so that's the whole problem. If no one wants to bend over and say, well, let's just get something that Eric will like. Mm. So it's basically a consensus. And my entire family does not like sweet potatoes. And so we basically ah, fend for yourself, Eric. We're not going to have it. <laughs> so we have out of town guests in and I'm hoping that maybe someone will raise their hand and say, well, I really like sweet potatoes. Uh, you should plant. You, you got to get a plant. You got to plant it in someone's, incept it into someone's head and make it their idea. To bring in the sweet potatoes. Yeah, here's here's to hoping that you do get your sweet potatoes in some form. All right, let's ask just a couple more questions here before we let you go, Eric. You've received a lot of attention because of how fun you are as a broadcaster. 
What's something you read or maybe saw about yourself that sticks out in your mind, whether you liked it, disliked it, just thought it was interesting because you have had quite a, a bunch of one, just things written about you, whether it be on Twitter in the tweet form or whether it be some kind of piece actually in a column somewhere. Have you noticed anything that you thought was particularly noteworthy? Uh Someone passed along something to me, and it actually wasn't last year. It was a couple of years ago. It's when I was relatively new with the Hornets. And I had, didn't commit to memory, but it was only like six words. Mm-hmm. And it was Eric Collins is equally part cringy. Um, <laughs> um, there was another word, and the last one was an awesome. Um, it it, it kind of like what I want. I, I, to me, I believe, I remember when I interviewed for the Hornets job, they asked me about my style. And I said, I just, you know, to me, it's, it's different than anything ever that people listen to. I want it to be different. You know, I want it to be me. I want it to be quirky. And that was the two words that I always used in interviews back then was quirky and joyful. And th- that's what I kind of just believe in. I think that every game, um, there's 82 of them every single year. And the ones in November are just as important as the ones in uh, April. And the first quarter in December uh, is always just important as the third quarter in a game in March. And I want every single portion of every single game to be unique and fun. And if you only have eight minutes of your life to watch a Hornets game that particular night, I want it to be eight fun minutes where you can say, geez, I, this guy used the turn of phrase that I've never heard before, or he described <laughs> something differently, or he told a stupid joke, or he made me smile, or he gave me some information that I didn't know before. To me, that's the goal. You know, every single segment, it's going to be, I want it to be unique. And someone kind of got me and they had a, like I said, it was a six word um, write-up. So Eric Collins is equal parts cringy something else, which is another cool word that I liked and awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that worked to me, you know, <laughs> I, like that person gets me, you know, I, I usually use this expression all the times like, well, for the people out in Chillicothe, you want to know that's basically just for me and my best friend. I've got one best friend who likes to know the stupid stuff that I think about, um, mm-hmm. that I think is, is interesting. And to me, whenever I say this one goes out to someone who wants to know what I'm talking about in Beatrice, Nebraska, it's really me. I just want to make sure that that gets out into the world. This factoid that I came up with, I think that people need to know more about. And if I was sitting at home on a couch, I would want to hear the yeah. answer to who is the greatest left-handed Sagittarius um, in the history of Division Two basketball. Oh, yeah. And I want to know their blood type. I want to know everything. I want to know whether they like sweet potatoes or not. It's all excellent stuff. We appreciate it. All right. Final thing. I, we have to ask you this. So Wes Bryant is a friend of mine. He's a friend of the show. He joins us every Wednesday for West Wednesdays. He is now a new colleague of yours this season as the Bally Sports Charlotte Hornets insider. Don't sugarcoat it, Eric. We need an honest assessment of Wes. We need an embarrassing story. We need how it's been working with one Wes Bryant this year on the broadcast. Well, for the first time in my life, I've had to become encyclopedic about Wake Forest football. There you go. Um, I never knew that, you know, that was that, you know, that important to anyone in the world, but it is vital to his existence. So whenever we have meetings, he wants to go over chapter and verse of the most recent Wake Forest football game. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. I like people who just kind of just latch onto something and, and don't let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's brilliant. I, I, I was stunned when I got I've been able to get to know him a little bit more. Just the volume of his information and his he's got a unique brain, too. You know, he did a segment on our pregame show um, last week, and he was talking about um, things that are overrated in New York City. (laughs) And he he just went there and I thought it was fun. It was unusual and people don't talk about it. It was true. Um, So and he did a segment on outdated uh, logos, things that don't exist anymore, like the Hartford Whalers and the Washington Bullets. It was great. 
And I've always really struggled with that kind of, um, that kind of, um, entertainment. Like I don't, I don't do well when I have kind of planned comedic segments. Um, and he does that really well. And I always think the people who can do that, there's just a special skill. It's like that sixth Lamella ball sense where you can do things that other people can't and Wes can. So I, I really enjoyed meeting him, getting to work with him. And I think it's going to be a good fit because mm. he, uh, He's got some local knowledge being a charlatan born and raised. And he's kind of that rare bird who was in that sweet spot where he was raised as a Hornets fan. And I think that that's something that's, um, that should be celebrated because I'm telling you, man, the Hornets, man, they're coming, they're coming yeah. hot and we're not going away. Stangin. I said last show, they're stangin. There you go. Um, hey, uh, Eric, speaking of fit, has Wes given you any style tips? Because he's he's apparently he's apparently the swag lord or the swag lord, which is Tsunami Poppy, which is Kelly Oubre. Apparently, <laughs> gave him the uh, sort of knighted right. him, Sir Swag Lord uh, the second. Um, so, are you <laughs> you get any style tips from Wes? I have not. You know what? I've only worked with him for whatever we've had eight right. home games or something like that. So I don't think he's got the guts yet to tell me that. He's why he's stingy. That's what it is. He's stingy. Like oh, man. well, he's on camera way more than I am. That pregame show, it's a half hour of on camera the entire time. I'm on camera at the beginning of the game. Hello, welcome. With Dell. I'm Eric Collins. Glad to have you here. And that's it. Shut it down. I take off my tie, you know? Total waste of makeup. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, if he can get you in a pink suit, Eric, I'm all for it. And I'd like the camera to be on you a little bit more so we can see that pink suit that you could rock at the Spectrum Center. Thanks to Eric Collins for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Valley Sports, Charlotte Hornets, voice of the Hornets, play-by-play announcer. Eric, thank you so much. It's been a real treat, and we really appreciate you coming on with us. Walker, Doug, hey, pleasure having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, anytime. Give me a call. Eric Collins joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's talk about bet online first. And look, it's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means. It means football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds and lines than ever before. And bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus. It's not just football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-2022 upcoming season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. It'll be me and Doug. No Eric Collins, but I guess you should still stick around. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You know, you give them the pink to let them know you have the a little bit of a softer side, but you give them the black to let them know it's still real out here. Don't want <laughs> I just got to let you know it's still real. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. That wasn't too bad, was it? Not bad having Eric Collins on with uh, us. No. Oh, man. Great stuff. Really appreciate him coming on with this talking sweet potatoes, elaborating on why he chose his wife and, and, and saving that from what was about to be maybe. And what it is, what it has cost him at the Thanksgiving table. That's correct. Uh, but also some of the interesting stuff, too, that he talked about, like where I, I ask him about just what's 
stuck out to him from what he's read about himself. And there's been Mm -hmm. so much attention on him really the last year because the Charlotte Hornets are intriguing with LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges emergence. But he actually goes back to what was written a couple of years ago or maybe even during the beginning time of his uh, Charlotte Hornets career. He said, cringy, something else and awesome, all equal parts and something to that degree. What do you think of that? And what do you what do you think of that write up itself along with Eric? remembering that more so than anything else well what what that makes me think is what i already thought about eric which is like he knows who he is he knows exactly what he's doing even though he said he's improving. he's not like you know making up these weird bits you know to do he's just being himself he's he's goofy he he loves the game he loves these little facts and he loves researching about the game and, and about these players and, and that's the, the big takeaway that I've always gotten from Eric is that he uh, loves the game in, in, in a in a particularly uh, huge way. <laughs> and, and it comes through in the broadcast. He's not afraid to hide that. You know, when we talked about how or owl, it's owl because it was a just a burst of human energy that mm-hmm. he wasn't afraid to release. And I always think the best broadcasters are unafraid. And, and mm-hmm. I think Eric fits that category. It's a good way to put it. Unafraid. Eric Collins certainly is in that category. Also just him discussing, you know, how important the Hornets are right now. They're, they're on the way, you know, we know that the Charlotte Hornets, they're here to stay is what he said. And they certainly look that way, the way that they've won here recently. Defense has gotten a lot better. Still a young enough team to where you don't want to fully buy into this year's expectations, but certainly the future does look bright for Charlotte and especially LaMelo Ball, who we started both of those segments off with because the guy is just so fun to watch play basketball. Doug, I know you have some stats. You've been doing some analysis on LaMelo Ball and his chances to possibly see an all-NBA selection. We can even get to the all-star stuff later on, but you're comparing him to players that have either made the all-NBA team last year or guys that are going to be in the running. What did you come across? Right, I'm skipping the all-star game because I mm-hmm. think we put we I think we put too much weight, and David Walker will kill me on Friday for saying this, but I think we put too much weight on like all-star game selections and all-star MVPs. I mean, I love that there's a fan selection process, but I think all-NBA, to me, especially at the guard position because it's not influenced by, you know, the weird fact that we still put centers on there. I think that hurts forwards, but it doesn't really hurt guards. Uh, and, but I think all NBA selections to me, that's where the the cream of the crop, the hall of fame, you know, when they do top 100 players in 25 mm-hmm. years, you know, that's, that's really where, where the weight's going. It's, to go. it's a way better measuring stick. hundred yeah. percent is what the all NBA team is. All right, so so what I did, it's behind me here on the screen, but I'm going to put it up full screen as well and, and talk it through for the listeners, is I went and I plugged this uh, player comparison into boxscoregeeks.com, uh, and I plugged in all of the all-NBA guards from last season, minus Kyrie Irving, because obviously he's not playing, so he's not going to be in the running, one would think. Um, and then I've plugged in some players that I think probably just missed the cut last year. So the guys that made it were Curry, uh, let's see, Chris Paul, Doncic, Beal, Lillard. Those are the players that made it last season minus Kyrie. And so I've plugged in Zach Levine, John Morant, Brogdon. Um, I've got uh, Donovan Mitchell in there. I've got Devin Booker in there. I'm sure I'm missing – oh, Trey Young's in there. I'm sure I'm Mm -hmm. missing a player or two, but these were just the guys that, off the top of my head – so just wanted to see how Ball 
ranks among these players. And, and I think the big thing that that I see, a couple of big things. One is that he's running, and we've talked a lot about this on the show, Walker. He's running behind in field goal percentage. So if I sort it, let's see if I can sort it by field goal percentage here if it wants to work with me. It doesn't, of course. But you can see Ball sitting here at uh, 41.9%, which would put him of these six, nine, Well, I think it 12. filtered, yeah. So you, you yeah, look it did at filter, so th- Yeah, so he's second to last, only only above Dame Lillard, who's who's had a rough stretch uh, in the early going here. So he's uh, it's 41.7, excuse me. Um, so he's running behind in field goal percentage, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that his two-point field goal percentage is low. So I think that's one of the things, Walker, that could keep him, he's in the conversation right now, but could keep him out of the running for one of those six coveted spots well yeah and it, it's it's the worst the two point uh two point field goal percentage it's actually the worst among all yeah. the players you have 44.1 percent yeah. and so when you compare it to a bradley beal or a damian lillard the reason their overall field goal percentage is suffering it's because they have not hit from the same type of accuracy from deep and you expect to be able to get things back on track you expect damian lillard to get things back on track and then when you look at the true shooting for a guy like Lamelo, it's 53 that's above a Luka Doncic at 52. Like that actually kind of helps him out a little bit more to where he's a little bit maybe behind the average of the pack, but not exactly last or second to last. And so if the overall two-point field goal percentage can kind of come up, that'll help him overall with the efficiency and to maybe possibly landing a spot in an all NBA team. But you you don't think eventually he'll get there, right? Like you think he's probably worth mentioning, but ultimately not really going to have a legitimate shot at it. Unless he just goes on a tear with with rim shots and you know just knocking down things left and right and improving that two point field goal percentage, I think it's going to be tough for him to get into the running. I think he's going to remain in the conversation for the entire year, but I think he might be one or two seasons away from his first All NBA selection. I'll tell you what's keeping him in the conversation though: are the if they pay more attention to some of these advanced stats like you know yeah. wins per forty eight um, and these different kind of things. He ranks high in that. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he racks up assists. He racks up rebounds like his, his numbers overall, if you to just, you know, stop paying attention to scoring um, and, and move into some of these other categories, rebounds help a lot in these kind of advanced, they tend to help a lot in these advanced statistics and he's racking those up. So that could really help him. His PER, you know, he's sitting behind a, a few of those guards. And, and I think some of that has to do with the fact that his usage percentage is down or not down, but lower compared to some of these other guards like Curry, uh, like Levine, like Morant. I mean, Morant has the ball in his hands almost the entire game. That's not LaMelo's role right now because you have Bridges, because you have Terry, because you have Gordon, you have a lot of weapons. Um, he's not the exclusive ball handler. So I think that's that's hurting him a little bit too. But but there's a lot to like, you know, in, in some of these advanced statistics that favor ball over some of these other guys. And so it's going to help with an all-star bid, the flashy passes, the popularity. That's absolutely going to help with an all-star bid. Yeah. I think it does carry a little weight for all NBA too, though. I mean, they're, they're, you saw last year, Riders really were gravitating towards LaMelo because he was making winning plays. He was helping the Hornets win. And I think that probably at least as just a foundation of what you already think about LaMelo heading into this season, it's going to help him possibly get to that all NBA selection. So we'll see at the end of the year, but he's been very good so far up and down shooting. We know that, but LaMelo been very good. Yeah. This season. Like, 
like if you sorted by wins per 48, and this is boxscoregeeks.com if you want to dig into where, where you know, they are deriving these numbers. But if you sort this, it has Paul, Curry, Harden, Brogdon, and then Ball um, sitting at, at fifth in this list and wins, same thing. Uh, and these these numbers that you're seeing on the screen now, if you're watching on YouTube, are all per 48, which is why mm-hmm. his, you know the points is sitting at 28.6 is because they they do this uh, per 48. But he's but per 48, he's averaging 28.6 uh, and 11.6 rebounds, so it's a double double and 11 assists. So per 48, he's averaging a triple double. Yeah, and um, I know some, well, right, and I know some people don't put as much stock into win shares per 48, but like then you could look at Raptor or whatever PIPM or LeBron, even like there are so many other of these try to all encompassing touch or, you know, count them all stats and then trying to figure out where Lamar uh, LaMelo ball ranks and LaMelo, you know, he's just, that's the thing, right? He's filling the box score so much. We talked about this with right. Nick Carboni yesterday it, at some point that wows you to be able to contribute in so many different areas. And as long as you're kind of shooting better than Russell, you're going to have to finish better at the rim and that's going to help, but right. that's really going to go a long way. You, you've got to become the primary scorer at some point, I think, because it did my, and I, I think this is the overarching point that, that I think I've come to understand is that if you fill the box score, like LaMelo is doing now, you'll get an all-star bid. It helps that he's popular, but if you fill the box score, you're going to get a lot of attention, but you got to fill the, you got to fill the cup. You got to fill the bucket. You got to fill the hoop. That's, I think what ultimately can elevate him into the conversation of all NBA. And and I, I am fully confident he'll get there. It's just, he, Mm -hmm. he might be a season away. Do you have to be stanging to get an all NBA selection? You have to be stanging for okay. sure. Um, and he's stanging. He's, he was staying against the uh, Pacers. Um, he was staying um, on uh, Monday night against the wizards, but we, we, you gotta be a consistent, um, you gotta consistently staying. Yeah. And you that's be a I think what we're looking hundred percent LaMelo ball. Right. He's a stanger. So is Eric Collins. Stangin'. Thanks so much to Eric Collins for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We're not going to be giving you one tomorrow. It's Turkey Day. We're going to be indulging in our six dishes enjoy of your the food. year candidates. So enjoy the food. We'll be back with you on Friday, though. I believe we got a commitment from David Walker. Is that correct? He should be joining I, I us. Think, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun Friday. We'll all be sort of recovering from Thanksgiving. And I just want to say really quickly, I am super thankful um, that uh, Walker allowed me to come on here and spew uh, my nonsense all over the YouTube screen now and all over uh, your headphones. And I'm appreciative of all the fans um, who have uh, been uh, tolerating me on Twitter and tolerating me on this podcast. Uh, I truly uh, appreciate all of our listeners for supporting everything that we do uh, on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's go ahead and end on a sentimental note. I'm so thankful for everybody that continues to check us out on Lockdown Hornets. We know how big of a move this is for the Charlotte Hornets to have something as valuable as LaMelo, to have something as valuable as a team that's growing in a way they haven't before. And we want to get this right and we want to have fun. And I'm also extremely thankful for Nada helping me so much along the way the last year and a half when he was a permanent co-host, taking a job opportunity couldn't say no to. Hopefully we get him back in the fold. But a huge thanks to Nada and a huge thanks to Doug for coming in to help out with production, to help out with everything that makes the YouTube channel possible, along with me having another person to discuss Hornet stuff with and help out with the behind the scenes stuff, all the rotating guests. We're trying to build a community and it's been so fun in building that community. And you guys are a huge part of it. You guys are what makes us 
uh, be able to do this. And so it, it truly, look, we can do the sentimental stuff, right? It, it's, it's so true. We really do appreciate, uh, appreciate it all very much. And I would also like to personally thank me, uh, mm-hmm. for being very right this season so far. I mean, it's been, these predictions are out of control. Just stay tuned folks. I'm going to, I'm going to wield this power responsibly. Um, but I'll wield it a lot as well. No, you're not. That's just not true. I don't know why you're lying to the people. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. We are going to give you a fun Friday after Thanksgiving with the OG David Walker joining us. And we'll also give you some hive life there as well. Now make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks again for joining us on Lockdown Hornets. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>